From the Financial Times in London, I'm Christopher Thompson, and this is FT News. There's been trouble at the top at Barclays. Its chief executive, Jess Staley, has been accused of trying to unmask a whistleblower on not one but two occasions last year. That's landed him in potentially hot water under investigations from British regulators. With me to discuss this is our investment banking correspondent, Laura Noonan, Emma Dunkley, our retail banking guru, and down the line we have Matt Nixon, principal at the Disraeli Group, who is a consultant focusing on leadership and reputation management. Laura, we'll start with you. What has gone wrong for Jess Staley at Barclays? This was a very unusual story yesterday morning. So yesterday morning, very early, Barclays announced that their chief executive, who has made a name for himself as being whiter than white and has lauded ethics as being one of his best qualities, that he's actually been investigated by the UK regulators because he attempted to uncover the identity of someone who had anonymously tipped off the bank about a potential issue with a person that the bank had hired. The person the bank had hired was also a friend of Mr Staley's and someone who Mr Staley had worked with previously. So I guess there was two issues. The first was that he had, and he argues that he had inadvertently and accidentally tried to breach the whistleblower confidentiality and also the idea that he was effectively intervening in a way that he shouldn't have to help someone who he had a personal connection to. And Matt, I'm just going to bring you in here. Your consultancy, you deal with these type of issues on a fairly regular basis in terms of reputation management and leadership. Is what Jess Staley did in your view a sackable offence? Well, we don't know enough of the details really to give too strong an opinion, but clearly there's a very difficult situation for him. It's not just a presentational problem, it's a very straightforward problem of if you break these rules and you've set yourself up at the top of an organisation where the tone at the top is set, you know, the strong view is you would have fired somebody lower down your organisation for doing this potentially, certainly somebody who went back for the second, uh, there's a sort of particular problem with the situation because of the second go-round. That looks really, really bad. But the devil's in the detail always until we know, which we probably won't until the regulatory reports come out, what the real details of the case are. It's quite hard to judge, but it looks very bad on the surface. But it's your view, Matt, that if this was someone lower down the food chain, a managing director, for example, they would probably get the sack. In the current climate, it's hard to argue against that. Certainly, that's the prevailing view, I think, of the industry at the moment, uh, uh, the gossip, if you like. What I think we do need to recognize is that when somebody's the group CEO of a globally significant bank like Barclays, it's not that they have different rules, it's that the context changes a bit. So there will be, for those who are making the decisions, initially the Barclays board have clearly chosen to back him. I know they had quite a long meeting about it on Sunday but the regulators will ultimately weigh in as well. There is a balance here, and they will say, look, you know, the controls worked, it was caught, it was a mistake, it was a bad mistake. There's been a significant punishment in terms of the censure, the embarrassment, and essentially he's been fined through his bonus, being lowered or removed, but net-net firing him and losing his leadership when it's so effective and it's such a critical time in the bank's life is too great a price to pay and the system and the bank can't afford that to happen at the moment. And Emma, that's key, isn't it? You cover retail banking for us. Shareholders are remarkably sanguine about what they think is going to happen. 
That's true. Although the share price of Barclays took an initial dip, it soon rebounded, which is a signal that investors have faith in Jez Staley and his strategy. Many of them argue that he's come in in 2015 and really clarified and crystallised the strategy for the bank. Prior to his arrival under Anthony Jenkins, there was some concern about the investment banking division's performance and a lack of clarity as to the role it would have in the banking group. But since Jez came into action as chief executive at the end of 2015 and under ring fencing rules in the UK that come into force in 2018, he's really stuck by the investment banking unit and its role within the group and dubbed the bank a transatlantic banking group insofar as it will provide that investment banking service in Europe and the US. Also he's given f- it an identity, hasn't he? He's given it an identity. I also think it's worth pointing out, though, with regards to this debacle, it's the first investigation made public that alleges a breach of the senior manager's regime. Now, these are tough new rules that came into force last year as a sort of regulatory response to the LIBOR scandal and some of the other financial services debacles that really hold senior executives, such as chief execs, accountable for some of the issues that happen on their watch. As a result, the FCA and uh, PRA will be looking into this and he could be vulnerable to a fine or a ban. Laura, what are your thoughts on that? Fine or a ban? I think it's probably a bit early to say on that, but I think one of the interesting points Matt raised was about how effective Jess's leadership so far has been at Barclays. Certainly he's succeeded so far in really galvanising the troops and making them ready for battle. But I think an interesting question is whether his leadership is going to be equally effective in the coming months, whether he has lost the support of some of his colleagues because of the way he is now revealed to have actually behaved and the way he has been getting involved in things that he really oughtn't have been to protect one of his own friends. So I think I'd be interested to hear Matt's view on whether he will be a similarly effective leader going forward, given that this has the potential to do quite a bit of damage to his own reputation, both internally and externally. Go on then, Matt, tell us, how much has this the potential to damage Jess Staley's brand of leadership? Yeah, it's it's difficult to know yet, but uh, I mean, those who know him personally are very supportive and I think shocked by what's happened, but regarded, I think you've got to look a bit at the intent and those who are closest suggest to me that the intent was not malevolent, actually. The worry they have, as you would have, is that he's a bit damaged, to say the least, by this internally. And if you stand up now and say to a room full of people, ethics are very important, are they going to query you? I think what he's going to do because of the nature of how he approaches these things, is be very honest about what he thinks he's done and that it's a mistake, that it wasn't the right thing to do. But people are not perfect, and that's the reality. We want to hold people to these standards. You said at the beginning, whiter than white. People aren't whiter than white. They make mistakes. Now, they shouldn't make major transgressions that break the codes. One of the questions here will be, the Bank of England, the PRA, will say, hang on, Charlotte Hogg the other week essentially had her whole career derailed over a relatively minor slip, ironically slightly related to Barclays through her not declaring her brother. Are we applying these rules or aren't we? So that will be the background question. And Charlotte Hogg, of course, resigned from her role as Deputy Bank of England Governor when it was revealed that she had failed to disclose a potential conflict of interest because her brother was a senior executive at Barclays, even though she was partly responsible for drawing up the BOE's Code of Conduct. And Matt, I just want to give you the final word on this. Six months from now, is Jess Staley still going to be in his job, in your opinion? I think it will depend entirely on what happens with the regulators. My thanks to Laura, Emma and Matt. 
This is an abridged version of the FT's Banking Weekly, which you can find on Tuesdays at FT.com and on all the usual podcast platforms. 